Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Yes, sir. And with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. I think it's amazing that Sam's actual middle name is Ziggy. I think it's amazing, too. Well, it's, yeah. you know, it's because I was named after St. Ziggy, the patron saint of sugar cubes. <laughs> Did you guys I, know that? No. It's true. I think it's... Uh, he used to stack sugar cubes up, and then he would sit on them instead of a salt pillar, and people would come to him. I and believe he would it. throw candy down, and they were like, we got to make this guy a saint, because he gave us all candy. I thought you were named after Ziggy Stardust, but that's a whole other <laughs> show with other issues and problems. So I'm made of Stardust. <laughs> all right, stop, stop. So... We are we are in the the heart of our decade. Oh, sorry, decalogue there for evangelization, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. the the fabled, famed, um, whatever list of ten <laughs> ten great <laughs> principles uh, that are most effective in communicating the charisma to those to whom I find myself ministering, and perhaps maybe you can benefit from this list. So we're kind of in the middle of it. We're, we're on number five. I wish we didn't have to haul these heavy stone tablets into the studio <laughs> to read them, but, you know. Well, but Boy, that means they're unchanging, <laughs> which is good. You know, we need more stone in the world, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. So, so I'm going to rattle through these things uh, so that everyone knows the Decalogue. Uh, number one, know Jesus and make him known. Number two, meet people where they are and journey with them to where they are called to be. Number three, live for the future in the present, informed by history. Number four, back to the basics. Number five, what we're doing today, make it relevant. Number six, collaborate to accomplish great things. Number seven, teach a man to fish. Number eight, salvation is born of the family. Number nine, it makes a difference to this one. And number 10, there is a God and I am not him. So this is my decalogue for evangelization. And I would imagine that there are many shared qualities in your decalogues out there in radio land. Um, and so there might be some different ones that you might be able to add. Mine involves candy, giving out candy, but that's just because of my patron saint. Yeah, and that's nice, Ziggy Sardust. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, you probably got like a, a mega log for evangelization. <laughs> you got like, you know, <laughs> oh, we made Sam snort. <laughs> that's a gift. That That is a that is a gift. Um, all right. Millions well, heard it. So awesome. <laughs> let's. Let's go uh, to number five, make it relevant. And what are we talking about? So I'll tell you what I'm talking about. When, we're, uh, when I'm evangelizing, when I'm, when I'm sharing the, 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 the good news with somebody, um, it's important for me to make it relevant to that person. And, and, and the reason I say that is, is because I think that what I encounter the most, I think, from especially maybe some younger folk, um, is I, I really don't need this. Why are you sharing this with me? First of all, I didn't ask. And second of all, I don't need what you're... I'm, I'm not buying. You know, it's, it's like the door-to-door salesman thing. Where it's like, sorry, you know, gave it the office. I don't, I don't want whatever, you know, you're selling, whatever vacuum cleaner or set of knives that you're selling, I don't need. Right? And so sometimes we have that mentality. Maybe it's our, 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 the society we're in now that we just don't trust 
like people who come door to door and i don't mean literally door to door but i mean when people bring you things and, and they're like ideas yeah, well, yeah but you know what tom you're, you're exactly right it's like people it's like there's a natural tendency to eschew fancy mm-hmm. word to to just push people away who bring stuff that they think you need right well, especially if it challenges relativism right because i mean there's all sorts of fun ways to couch relativism and all sorts of like culturally fun ways that make a person feel hip yeah. as they're sipping That's their coffee you know? <laughs> no yeah. you're exactly right uh, because what you're bringing them will uh, essentially in their mind not be woke <laughs> you know it, it, it will not be like the latest thing and what what everybody and I have I have air quotes around everybody what everybody knows to be the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's the where that's where the world is, and I think it boils down to, it's not relevant to them, mm-hmm. and, and they, or they think it's not relevant to them. So, so to evangelize, you've got to make it relevant to them. So, right off the bat, like if you're evangelizing, you're essentially going to be talking about God, and and I'm going to tell you that there are a lot of people in this world that think they don't need God, even the ones that are going to church. I mean, mm-hmm. and I know that sounds maybe it's a little bit outlandish, but if you stop and ask somebody. Do you believe in God? They may or may not say yes. Most people probably will say yes. And then they'll have all kinds of things they believe about God. And there'll be lots of differences. But the reality is you don't often see people living lives as people who believe in God. Mm-hmm. Right? So because we still rely on ourselves and we, we still rely on the culture and on, on, on the government and on whatever. And, and, uh, and we're not living like someone who is hungering for the afterlife who's hungering to have a relationship with this supreme uh wonderful uh merciful being right they have some other idea of salvation like you just said being woke you know having a worldview where everyone gets to be accepted as they are and we get to just all be chill together that's sort of an alternative to salvation Mm -hmm. right well it becomes a religion in of itself Mm -hmm. uh, as well but but I, i think that that like if you're looking at talking to someone there might be many more reasons, but I, I just jotted down four that I think where a lot of people will say, I don't need God. Mm-hmm. Like one is, I'm, I'm young, mm-hmm. right? I am not dying. I, I don't have cancer. You're healthy. And, yeah, I'm healthy. I'm a, this is exactly why when we, we had uh, you know, uh, sort of a universal kind of health care system out there where we were relying upon young people to... to like sign up for it right and they're like i don't need it i don't need it right and so in droves they rejected it because they're not thinking about that stuff because they're young and healthy right right the vast majority of people who are young are also healthy and so why do they need god because they're not dying they're, they they right. don't need to worry about the afterlife they don't need to worry about what's going to happen next they're and and there's they're they're young they're just like what they've got my i've got my whole life in front of me mm-hmm. so it's essentially kicking the can down the road mm-hmm. that's a big reason and i've encountered that many many times all the way into i think when when people are into their their into their late 30s and early 40s and somewhere around the 30s and 40s like that's when i started realizing that one day i would die mm-hmm. you know before that i would have said of course i'm going to die just not anytime soon. Right. Right. And and I think, but all the way into their, their 30s, so uh, all the way through the millennials, they're just people that don't think they're going to need God right now because it's mm-hmm. not, there's no crisis going on mm-hmm. in that regard. And then, and then there's also the people, I think, that uh, maybe they don't think of it this way, but I see that they don't need God because they have everything they need. Right. 
And I'm not just talking about being rich, but you know, we live in a nation where we're blessed to abundance with things that a lot of people don't have, some basic stuff, certainly food and drink. Right. But it's like, you know, some people today, they've got their phone, and it's not just like some kind of thing that's attached to the wall with a long cord on it, mm-hmm. right, that I grew up with. Connection to the world. Yeah, it's a computer. They're carrying right. around a computer that costs over $1,000, right? Right, And they have that, and, of course, they've got the accompanying Wi-Fi plan, uh, and they've they've got unlimited data and minutes or whatever, um, and certainly they have a roof over their head. They've got a, a, a vehicle to drive them around. They got a little spending money, mm-hmm. right? And so they have basically all these things. Mm-hmm. Why do they need God? You know, and yeah, I'd actually don't. I'd heard that in a in a in a homily that was given by um, Monsignor John MacArthur. It was it's actually kind of just like real poignant when he's talking about. You know, he understands why kids don't think about God because they don't really need to think about God. They have everything, what they think they need. Right. Right. Uh, and then this other one, uh, another one of these is I'm too smart. Hmm. And I think a lot of people think that God is some kind of, um, you know, he's he's a crutch that, that like less than smart, that dummies would kind of rely on. Mm-hmm. Sort of the unwashed masses. I mean, these people need a God because they don't understand. They they aren't woke. To go back to our <laughs> our, our earlier our earlier word, the, the, these people that, um, that that are religious aren't very smart. In fact, if you look when when there's a when there's essentially a parody or a caricature of like the religious right, maybe when you're seeing when you're watching a Saturday Night Live or some kind of uh, you know comedy troupe. The, the religious people aren't very. They're not smart. Idiots. They're yeah. they're gonna they're gonna take it hook line and sinker, right. you know. Yeah. And, and and there's this image that if you're smart, if you're woke, if you're if you're aware, you don't need all that, right? That you why would you need God? Because he's a crutch. Mm-hmm. He's only there for those people that they invented him because, right? So that's one of the things I think also um, why p- people think they don't need God. And then there's this last one is I can do it on my own. Now, I think a lot of people fall into this category because they really think that if I sit here and I pray, that's not going to make the food appear before me, mm-hmm. right? So so in a very practical way, I've got to learn to get up and go to the you know pantry and get the food and, and then prepare it and then put it in front of me, or et cetera. Or I've at least got to go down to the grocery store that I've got to do something to eat. Right mm-hmm. and and not to see the necessity of uh, a provider of those of those things and so I can do it on my own mm-hmm. and and it, and there's some you know we live in a country in America that essentially you know uh, America's uh, you know stand fastedness and and pull myself up by by my bootstraps and and I can do this and I can accomplish great things and those are all true things I can be creative I can be ingenuous ingenuity. Ingenuous? Is that the same thing? Anyway. Um, ingenious? I, ingenious. Whatever. That's it. That's the one we're looking for. Thank you. That's why, another reason why Sam's here. Um, and it's like, I can do these things on my uh, on my own. Then why do I need God? Right. Right? And so these are these are the main reasons I think I encounter. And so at the end of the day, God's not relevant to them. Mm-hmm. They don't think God is relevant to them. Mm-hmm. So the task then becomes, what do I do? How do we tell them that God is actually relevant to them in all of those situations? 
when you're young, when you've got all you need, when you're smart, and when you are self-reliant. Why do they need God? So that's where we have to start mm-hmm. with all of these people, and that's not easy. No. So, but that's but that's good because we have the answer. I and bet you do. I bet you. Uh, here we go. We're going I'm to gonna, a break. Yeah, we're going to a break. We got to go. We, we got to go to a break. <laughs> we are going to go to a break. Uh, but before we go to that break and have the answer of how to make God relevant to people um, in, in in evangelization, mm-hmm. uh, the answer is going to come right after we talk about. Uh, well, that uh, I want people to um, send us an email. Yeah. Send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. I also visit our website. Great website. Yeah, yeah. TheCatholicCafe.com. Mm-hmm. Also, like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. Awesome. So, wonderful things. So, we're going to talk about, continue talking about this Decalogue for Evangelization right after this break. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Have you ever felt the tug to leave everything behind and become a missionary to a distant land? One man named St. Francis Xavier did just that. He gave his life over and followed the call to bring Christ's love to those who had never experienced it before. Francis Xavier was born into a wealthy and educated family in Spain. The promise of worldly success was laid before him. But he felt that tug to leave the comfort of his home to fulfill the gospel's call to go and make disciples of all nations. While studying at the University of Paris, Francis met St. Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Society of Jesus, and the two decided that Francis should be ordained a priest in the order. After many years of prayer and work in Europe, Francis was sent to the East Indies to bring the good news to those who had never known Christ. Francis traveled halfway across the globe to Goa, India, where he began to lay the foundation for the church's mission there. For the first few months, he ministered to the poor and the sick in the local hospitals. He later started instructional schools where the street children heard the teachings of the Catholic faith. From India, Francis traveled to Japan, where he again preached the gospel and baptized thousands of souls. Pope Benedict XVI said of St. Francis Xavier and St. Ignatius, A unique desire, a unique passion it could be said, moved and sustained them through different human events. The passion to give to God a glory always greater and to work for the proclamation of the gospel of Christ to the peoples who had been ignored. In the short span of ten years, Francis Xavier brought thousands into the arms of the church Through his simple ways and zeal for the gospel, he was able to spread the message of Christ's love to a part of the world barely aware of the Savior's promises. St. Francis Xavier once wrote, Many, many people hereabouts are not becoming Christians for one reason only. There is nobody there to make them Christians. His words apply to our own times as well. We may not be able to travel to distant lands, but we can all share in St. Francis' missionary spirit by spreading the truth of Christ in our families, on our college campuses, and in our communities. St. Francis Xavier's Feast Day is celebrated by the Church on December 3rd. 
I'm Bess Drzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And I am Deacon Jeff, sitting here with, let's see, who's here? Let's take a roll. Uh, Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. Here. Thomas Patrick Dorian. Present. All right, awesome. So we are talking on our Decalogue for Evangelization. It's a great uh, break, by the way. Yes. Wasn't it nice? It was. You had, Tom had a nap. That's good. That's I had important. pancakes. <laughs> yeah, pancakes. They were weird. Broccoli pancakes, I didn't think were going to be good, as oh. delicious as they are. We're no, going, they're delicious. We're going green. No wonder I took a nap. Yes. So so we're in this middle uh, middle of this making it relevant, number five on our right. Decalogue for Evangelization. And we talked about the whole first half of the show was essentially was saying why people think God isn't relevant. Right? And those mm-hmm. were the things like, uh, I don't need God. Right, because I'm 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 young. I'm not dying. Right, uh, I've got all I need. Um, I'm too smart. I mean, I'm smart enough to know I don't need that. That's a, like a you know some kind of spiritual or mental crutch, and I can do it on my own. I don't need him. I mean, I can take care of myself. Right, mm-hmm. and during the break, again, when Sam has his best, you know, thoughts and con- uh, concepts come out, you know, suddenly, mm-hmm. uh, he said one other one that we should probably add to this mm-hmm. because we live in a world that. Uh, is either confused about what is sin mm-hmm. or is confused about whether or not there actually is any kind of sin. So if there's no sin, what does that lead us to believe? We don't need what? God. I mean, there's no absolute truth. You don't need forgiveness if there is no sin. And there's also no standard for declaring this is sin and this isn't if there's not a a, a standard like God. That was a $3 answer. But the reality is, like the, like the, the, the real answer, which sums that up, is to say, you don't need a Savior if you don't need to be saved. Right. Right. If you have not sinned, you don't need a Savior. Right. So we don't, we don't need God in that r- r- reality either. So now what we want to do is we want to kind of turn the tables. And we want to say, well, so what do we do, Deacon Jeff? You know, what, what, how do we make God relevant to these folks? Right. Because if we're evangelizing, the whole point of evangelizing is to get them to say, you know what? I like this God thing. Mm-hmm. And that's going to answer a lot of problems I didn't even realize I had. Right? Right. So, so, so some of the things that we can do. Um, first of all, um, I love the idea of helping people know that no matter how good they think their life is right now, and a lot of people, if they examine, will find there's some major miss, some missed opportunities in mm-hmm. life. But that if you want a better life, and more importantly, if you want joy... And peace and harmony in your life. Big words. Those are huge words they if you are. actually think about what they mean. Well, not, not, and then you think about, like, from, from the scriptures, what Jesus said. Right? He himself said, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. Mm, Can right. you imagine having life to the full? Mm. Right? Can you imagine? He said, and I came that your joy might be complete. Mm. Wow, wait a second. You mean complete joy, not just partial joy? Mm-hmm. I, that's amazing. And then what are the first words Jesus said? To his scaredy cat apostles hiding in the upper room after he was crucified. Peace be with you. Yeah, peace be with you. He brings peace. And and, and it's amazing when you when you start to ask folks, they suddenly realize, well, you know, I could use some more joy. I could use <laughs> peace. I could use a little harmony in my family. Right. Because no one will sit there and say, like, everything is great. Mm-hmm. I know very few people who I've ever encountered who said everything is absolutely hunky-dory. Yeah. So help them know that life can truly be like joyful 
and literally complete mm-hmm. joy. That's that's an amazing opportunity. Now, I also think um, that there are folks that will might say something like the, like the people that say, you know, I'm I'm young, and I, I I don't really need answers to that question right now. Come back to me, circle back on this when I'm let's say well forty years from now. That's when I'm going to need God because I'm going to have like bad joints and diabetes and I'm going to be hunkered over, (laughs) you know, things, you know, it's just going to be bad. So I'll need to be thinking about that then. And the reality is people have to understand what I didn't understand as a young man, but they need to know that no one knows the day or the hour. And you don't want to be someone who scares people. Mm -mm. You might die tonight. Where are you going to go? It's not that so much as to say... Um, you know, there's not a lot of things you can be sure of in this world, but you can be assured of the next if you essentially like give yourself over to realize that we need to we need God in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Even if we're not thinking we do, you know, this kicking the can down the road thing it doesn't work. It doesn't work in anything else in any other avenues in our life. Mm-hmm. Eventually, our debt problem, our tax problem, our whatever problem just gets worse when we don't deal with it. Right. Right? And so what better time than now to start thinking about what I might need later, mm-hmm. right, if, the, if that's your mindset. And then there's an, an, um, certainly um, when, when why God would be relevant is, is one of the things that he does, I think that's so wonderful, is that he helps us to answer the complex problems and situations. Mm-hmm. Sam, you've got a lot of complex problems and situations. Oh my goodness! Yes, yes. So, I mean, if if you if you're if you're totally self reliant, if you're if you don't need, it's like I don't know anybody who who is able to answer all of the the great conundrums and all of the the the, the just the problems that we have and encounter every single day because we all have them. I mean, that's universal. Broccoli pancakes can only solve like <laughs> half of them. Exactly right. But I got to be honest with you. Unless um, you put broccoli in them. <laughs> Extra broccoli. If you don't have answers that are essentially um, supernatural, mm-hmm. right, what are you answering? Right? Because this is where we get into trouble. This is where I'm dealing with a lot of young folks who I teach in high school who don't want to believe in God. They don't, they don't disbelieve in God. But they don't believe in God. I know that sounds weird, but God's not necessarily present to them in their their. It's, he's not relevant to them, mm-hmm. right? For whatever reason, down that list. But at the end of the day, what that leads to is more complex problems and issues, right? You start getting into the human sexuality issues and the the poor decisions that we might make, and that's obviously every even even a, a sociologist or an anthropologist that is that is not religious will tell you that the world is uh, there's a lot of complex problems out there mm-hmm. right so gender dysphoria and all these things that kids are encountering today and trying to figure out what's what mm-hmm. well when you have god in your life you you, you start to see answers they they, they 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 bubble up they become present and again that's what helps the peace and the joy mm-hmm. and the harmony i keep thinking of saint augustine our hearts are restless until, Until they, they rest, rest in thee. thee. Yeah, Lord. exactly. I mean, there's such a simple truth to that. In every facet, yeah. whether you're chasing, you know, pleasure or 
absolutely. I one hundred. I one hundred. A one hundred percent agree. And 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 sort of as a um, as a tag along to the the idea that we can get answers to complex problems or questions about like our origin and our purpose and the, our meaning in the world. But also that tags along with that is we also get guidance. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, well, we kind of know what to do. Well, building on what you just said, I'm reminded, I don't have the exact quote memorized from C.S. Lewis. But I it's am an, shocked. But it's an argument that he made that, that if you're going to rely upon science to tell us who we are, then science tells us that we're all the product of just accidents, just matter crashing into itself, just atoms. We're an accident. Our very every th- fiber of our being is an accident. Every thought we have is a product of that accident. And he's like, therefore, you can't say, you know, atheism. Uh, you, you're not able to. Uh, the idea that you have related to atheism would also be by that fact, an accident. He's like, it, the only way you can actually step outside of all of this and discuss meaningfully whether there is something outside of matter mm-hmm. is to begin from the standpoint of that there is a creator and that there's a God. Man, that came from the deep side of the table. Do you recognize that, Tom, that you and I sit on the shallow... We're in the shallow <laughs> end of the pool. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Sam's in the deep end. He is. I, I envy him. But you're right. Uh, philosophically, it makes a lot of sense to look at things like that. And I'm going to tell you something, Sam, though. If you, if you start with that with my high school seniors, <laughs> you've lost them. Fair enough. Now, some of them do want to talk about stuff like that. We, we've talked about uh, Aristotle and Plato and, and well, we, the Aristotelian virtues and all these kind of things. And they get logic and reason, but it just stops when it asks them to, to, to contemplate God. That's mm. where they stop for some reason. There's a, there's a break. There's a, a disconnect there. And that's what we got to work on. That's what evangelization is supposed to help us with. It's got to be relevant to them. And, mm. and the last thing I wanted to talk about, really, to be able to bring in here is that that... The, the reason why God, I think, is most profoundly relevant is because God is the healer. I mean, essentially, God heals brokenness. I mean, he binds does. up wounds. And, and I, I, listen, if you don't believe that, you just look up the data. Again, from, from the medical industry. Just look up the data, and, and doctors will say a, a person of faith heals faster and more completely than a person that does not have faith. Hmm. So there's a physiologic, physiological reality. Mm-hmm. To, to the, the beauty and the gift of knowing God. And so God is relevant on so many fronts, and that's, that's part of this Decalogue for Evangelization because that's a big key factor, especially the, not so much the atheism as the agnosticism, right? The people just don't really know about God, and that's where we need to work with people. So mm-hmm. let's keep that Decalogue and let's keep that relevancy uh, you know, at the fore when we're evangelizing. Amen. And let's ask Mary to be with us in all of our evangelization efforts. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and in the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.